Welcome to Talking Payroll. My name is Tracy Angwin. In this conversation, I talk to Mohammed Shakati. Mohammed has had a varied career in payroll over the last 20 years, both working for payroll software vendors as well as employers, uh, generally in professional services. Now working in the people advisory services area of EY, Mohammed is very generous in sharing his experience and expertise, both in the areas of payroll legislation, but also more broadly discussing payroll strategy and people. Please enjoy this conversation I had this morning with Mohammed Shakati. So Mohammed, welcome to Talking Payroll. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Tracy. Now we've been uh, we've met a few times. Uh, every time I, I go to Melbourne, we seem to uh, bump into each other. Cross generally, paths, yes. <laughs> yeah, generally at payroll-related events. Yes. Um, and I've always found you to be a very passionate and knowledgeable about about payroll topics. How did you get into the payroll industry? I think nearly everyone you talk to that gets into payroll actually they, they say they got into it by accident. Um, I, That's true. I, it's just you literally fall into it. Like I've I've got a bachelor of commerce major in accounting and finance but i've started in payroll just on a, on a casual contract doing data entry for a for a payroll company and 32 years later i'm still doing payroll wow that's um that's actually not 32 sorry my math is not right um count from 1994 till now so what's that 27 years it's 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 up there it's, yes. a, it's more than a couple of decades. Yes. Um, we round yes. up to the nearest decade once you've been in No, down, down. It's <laughs> right down. Exactly. Well, you probably started about when I did. I mean, these days you're um, you're working at EY, so yes. sort of on the client side of things yes. um, rather than the employer or the technology vendor side. Yes. I mean, I think it's a really interesting place to be in terms of advising an employer. And I imagine you see plenty of challenges that employers yep. find themselves Absolutely. in. Absolutely. What are the key challenges you're seeing at the moment in terms of what employers and payroll teams are having to deal with? I guess really the the number one challenge right now that's been there obviously since the um, the COVID COVID hit, let's just call it that way, and everyone was forced to work from home remotely is just because I find payroll teams really need to work together and a lot mm. of people put their hands up asking for help, even be data entry, checking or whatever else, or they've got a system issue. So the fact that they have to do this remotely, I think it it definitely creates a challenge mm. for them. Yeah. And then I guess if they don't have the right system and practices in place or the processes are not documented, I guess it leaves them open for um, – prone to error and making mistakes and then obviously then we lead on to under and over payments. And what percent, I mean, in your experience, you've been a consultant for a while now, in your experience, what what percentage of employers actually have their payroll, their payroll process documented accurately, do you think? I'd like to say the ones I've been to worked at all of them. Because oh, when they, you've been a payroll manager, of course. Yeah, I mean, but, payroll, but apart payroll manager, from, all of them, yep, yep, yeah. yep. But, but apart from those, because I, well, I'm actually seeing that if I do find payroll process documentation, it's no. generally out of date. I'd say I reckon you would be lucky to have one out of ten that's actually up to date yeah, and right. documented that's, and followed um, correctly. Yeah, that's about that, that would have been what I would have thought as well. Yeah, um, I just think it's really interesting because it's a big deal to you know to to do that piece of work, um, and it's a. It's a shame when the, it's the, you know the documentation isn't followed or kept up to date because it's such an effort to. I think the get challenge, the, 
the biggest challenge, Tracy, I find is having the time. And yeah, right. We've all been in payroll and worked with payroll teams closely. What you find is that the payroll cycle itself, let's just call it a weekly payroll cycle, you've got your, let's just say, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which is your data entry processing Mm. and checking process. Then Thursday, you answer your queries and Fridays, you start prepping for next week, Mm. really. Um, It doesn't give you time to do much proactive stuff. And I think this is the biggest challenge that I think employers face. So you not you don't get a chance to do your audit work, mm. your your reviews, and update the documents that we're talking about. And that's really, I think, quite misunderstood in an employer as well. Very that much. There is more to do than just the pays. Yep. Look, I mean, everywhere, everywhere I've I've dealt with, it's like the payroll's seen as a back end. Um, you don't see they don't see value in it, so the money's mm. not spent on it, unfortunately. Mm, yeah, and it's exactly the same experience I think myself and others have. I mean, we're 18 months into this global pandemic and you talk about teams and working remotely. Um, what's your experience been in the last 18 months in, in terms of, um, you know, what, what are your thoughts and tips on keeping a remotely working payroll team engaged? You have to have check-ins mm-hmm. with, with teams. And I'm not, I'm not talking about micromanagement. It's just really checking in to make sure that people are okay mm-hmm. because what you find more often than not, if people are okay, the job actually gets done. Mm. But it's just, but it's also, I think you probably do need to set some tasks or even a basic checklist to make sure the tasks are being followed and um, followed and, and I guess um, implemented. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the, it's communication really then, isn't it? That's what it goes back down to. Mm. And it's the, the other challenge would also be is, I can use some of the examples at some of the places I've, I've been helping out is some people are um, apprehensive about like jumping online and even putting their camera on, mm. but it's just really having that welcoming just, and it's, it's a quick touch base as well. It's it's not about eating a whole day mm. into meeting, but just like a quick 15 minute catch up just to see how the day's looking. It doesn't mean it to be every day, maybe even every second day, mm. but no, I would I th- certainly recommend it. Yeah, I think that's great, you know, great uh, sort of cadence of communication to get yes, into. very much. I mean, I know when I'm speaking to, with employers on how to fix payroll issues, they tend to firstly talk about things like getting a new product or they might talk about their processes. But from yes. my experience, if, you know, getting the right people in your payroll team is crucial, how do you see the payroll talent in the recruitment market at the moment? Very hot, I'd like to <laughs> call it that way. Yeah, right. Um, I and, just, that, and that good people are hard to find, right? But it's always been good people are hard to find, but I actually think for the first time in a long time, the really good people are actually being um, rewarded. Mm-hmm. Like it's justified some of the salaries that are being paid. Mm-hmm. So, well, maybe it was severely underpaid and then now it's finally actually paying the, um, the just um, salary. Mm. Because yeah, I think what, you're right. what they're responsible for, that's the reality. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I, I'm seeing a lot of really, the, you know, the top payroll professionals who, uh, you know, have great reputations and have yep. done some pretty extraordinary things being actively retained yes. by their employers. And that Look, might not, it may or may not be a financial reward, but, in, you know, flexibility yep. and part-time and all those sorts of things, um, you know, employers 
are going to great lengths to keep good people, which is and obviously if you're looking for someone, it's pretty hard to find. Very them. much. You find that good payroll managers aren't actually looking to leave because no, that's right. They've worked hard to implement and put a system in place, not necessarily a payroll system, but put a system in place so that the team is they've got the cadence going. They've mm-hmm. got like the work level is divvied up amongst the team. But anyway, they've got good processes in place and the job gets done. So they're not the ones looking to leave. So if someone's actually wanting to recruit a payroll manager and they've spot someone and they want to headhunt them, they're going to have to pay a decent wage mm. to actually entice them to come across. Yeah, that's right. Andy, who I work with, who's a specialist payroll recruiter, always says to me, Tracy, the best people in payroll are not sitting around looking on Seek, you know. That's they're, right. They're sitting there by the phone taking calls. They're, yes. they're not on seek. Yeah, no. that's right. So, um, yeah, that's right. So it's it's really how do you how do you find them, and also then how do you convince them to come and work with you? Um, and it can't just be you know. I always say if people if people join for money, they'll leave for money too. So it's got to be more. Yeah, yes. I'm I'm seeing a lot of people really care about the the company they're working for, the, yes. the values of the company, it's, and things like it's that. My of. The people and the payroll teams I've managed, the first, the way I explain it to the to those, um, the ones that get the phone calls, the ones that get the emails, first point of contact, is put yourself in the employee shoes. Mm. If someone rings up, goes, I'm missing $50, don't just shrug your shoulders because that $50 means a lot mm. to the employee that's ringing up. So just really, I'm passionate about payroll, but also do it properly the first time so that you are... You're taking ownership, you're taking responsibility, and then you make sure people get paid correctly and accurately. Yeah, it's like, I suppose that's service oriented. Yes, very much. Payroll, yeah, I, I mean I, that's another challenge, I guess, um, in being remote. You can't just pop down to the pay office. And, no, um, no, the definitely other thing, not. The other thing, I guess, with a remote team um, is getting the payroll operation as paperless as possible. I mean, what's your what's your feeling on employers who have nailed this and 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 others that, I mean, I know that there's still a lot of that rely on paper in their processes. Yes, yes. Um, so what are you seeing? I've seen it all, Tracy. I've, <laughs> yeah, I've, right. I've, I've, I've seen paperless offices that people haven't printed um, documents for years. Yeah, Because, wow. it, because it, it all goes to the systems they've got in place. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got places that will receive an email from an employee or from recruiting or from HR, but it's got all documents attached to it and this is actually saved on the cloud. So mm. no one's printing anything. Mm. You've got your yes, you've got the luxury of having two or three screens, but the data's there. You you might just key off that and then six months down a track, you you search for it and you find it again. You don't have to go and the file list like you don't have to print it and then have to file it after you've done your payroll processing. Mm, yeah, exactly. So I can't stress enough on how critical it is to have a um, a good system in place that um, you can you can find what you're looking for six months later. No, exactly. It's really interesting too when you come. You would you would come across this in your work a lot as well. I imagine that when an employer needs remediation, they've found that they've underpaid people and they've got to yes. go back and do some remediation. Yes. When you've got paper in your payroll process, that is incredibly difficult and incredibly yes. expensive. Yep, to do. and it goes back to the example I used before with regard to the vicious cycle from a payroll processing perspective. You actually like if you've got if you're printing pieces of paper, when you're going to do your filing? Yeah, right. Exactly. So when you go and ran and ran in circles, when you don't have time to file, and then you have you have half a meter's worth of 
printouts on your yeah. desk. Which and this is the thing: if you're working remotely, where you're going to print it? You yeah, shouldn't be right. having um, private employees' information printed at your house. That's right. Well, not without a shredder. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if you're going to shred it, where are you going to file it? That's the yeah, other thing. Exactly. I mean, you're you're now, as I say, working for a big four firm, and I I imagine you do a lot of payroll process and compliance reviews. Um, I always think that it's critical for any whether you're you know you're a tier one or a tier two accounting firm if you're doing payroll reviews that the people that do them have deep operational payroll expertise uh, in order to to deliver that service no matter how smart your graduates are yep you if you don't have that deep operational payroll expertise you 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 just can't do it what what trends are you seeing in the reviews that you've been involved with and, and what what I'm interested in what employers find find most surprising about what you find Ooh, that's 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 a good one. What I'm finding is 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 really the inefficiencies, really. Mm-hmm. So what you find is it's just probably you'd say inefficiencies in the way the systems are set up. Mm-hmm. So companies like this is years of experience. People go and spend all these money on these expensive payroll packages, but then if the system's not fully utilized, that's mm-hmm. the first thing. But then you've you have I don't want to say cut corners, but potentially you may not have developed it enough or rushed the implementation. So then at the, at the time of go live, you've got all these workarounds. Yeah, right. So And then workarounds, which means manual intervention. Mm-hmm. And then the moment you start manually doing stuff, you, you involve Excel spreadsheets. Then you if you've got people that don't have the Excel skills to do it or just they're copying and pasting, you leave yourself open for errors. Mm. Right. So this is probably this is the biggest thing I've seen over years of payroll is just when the um, the system hasn't been implemented um, completely, or it was as I said, it was rushed, and then um, then down a track they find that that you ha- obviously you have to do a post implementation review, and then you find that whether a code wasn't flagged for super or payroll tax, mm-hmm. or it wasn't taxed correctly. So that set and neglect mentality, right? We'll set it Very up once. Much. Very I got much. Got a bit of implementation fatigue. It was really hard. Like it is. It's hard yep. to implement and then payroll system. It also, I've been involved in testing phase as well. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, you could say, well, why wasn't it tested? Then you also talk about, well, if it's not, if it's not in a test script, you're not going to test it. As yeah, well. that's right. So, and um, and this is by all, no means having a go at the implementation team or the the programmers, but because they're not the end users, they wouldn't know every scenario to create and then test. Yeah, that's right. That's like I was I just compare it to Excel. I, I say if I my pivot tables aren't working, like it's not Bill Gates's fault. Um, Absolutely it's not. It's because I've said I've probably set the data up wrong. I'm probably yep. point I've probably got one cell pointing to the wrong cell. Yep. And and you're right, then over time and large employee population you can get big issues. I mean it's interesting what you say about inefficiencies. We often will cost out the cost of a payroll process. Yep. And employers are often really shocked about what it really costs to do to actually run their payroll operation. Absolutely. Because it, of those inefficiencies. It, it is. And you, you talk about these workarounds. So if, if, if the workaround, it's, it might have cost you another $100,000 worth of system fees, right? To pay it so that mm-hmm. the system will automatically do this, but then down a track, you you are literally spending three to four hours a week mm-hmm. with this workaround, 
ongoing. So these are ongoing costs that mm. you are continuing to spend. Whereas if you spend the potentially a hundred thousand dollars, and you wouldn't have to, um, you wouldn't leave yourself open, and then you wouldn't have had to deal with the workarounds either. Mm. And you've also then got you know risk. If anything you do manually yes. adds risk to the payroll yes. function. So. Yeah, no, we're speaking from the same hymn book there. So I'm, I'm just interested in what, you know, because obviously we do similar work. So it's, it's yes. interesting to see what you see and if it Definitely that set it. and forget. I, I, I say this all the time. It's the old set and forget mentality. Yeah. Because, and this is where you you might not get the opportunity to update the rates, to update um, the, the, the SRO, as in the payroll tax mm-hmm. um, rates. Then you've got changes to... Even the leave loading, super on leave loading, that obviously mm-hmm. changed a few years back mm-hmm. because they haven't reconfigured the system or they haven't done your annual review, if you want to call it, mm-hmm. just a basic system audit to make sure the right codes are flagged. This is where yourself, you leave yourself open. And that's the thing, right? I, I, that's what I notice is um, a lot of things happen. You know, legislation changes all the time. I mean, how much yep. legislation change have we seen in the last couple of years? Very much, um, a lot. A lot of it then is not you know, um, even if the payroll manager knows about it, it doesn't necessarily get to the payroll system. I mean, what can payroll managers do to make sure that they, you know, they're across all these changes? It's Apart what, from becoming a member of Australian Payroll Association, it, of course, it, that was the obvious answer. But Well, that's, <laughs> you, 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 you took the words out of my mouth because I was going to say, <laughs> well, the networking opportunities that we have. Yeah. But this goes back to the limitations we've had in the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. Like how often did you used to have those networking op- op- opportunities? Yeah, right. I mean, that's yeah. how we know each other, right? We've Th- run that's into, exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. So it's – it's, but you, it's also the relationship that payroll manager has with their in-house IR team, mm. with their HRBPs with regards to passing that information on because I think <laughs> – I'm, I'm just blowing my own trumpet here, but having been a payroll manager for probably collectively about 15 to 20 years, that you are the meat in a sandwich of making sure you've got a happy team, mm-hmm. you've making sure you've got the pays out in time, make sure everyone's paid accurately, but you also got to make sure like you've got the reporting functionality sorted, you've got the CFO getting his GL files and finance team, as in finance, getting their GL files, and then HR, all the HR team getting their reports as well. But at the same time, you need to find time or you need to somehow expand that pool of information that you have to then be able to update the system, if you want to call it, to make sure you are up to date with the legislative requirements. Mm. Are you saying that payroll is more than just pressing a button then? Of course it is. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay. Well, sorry, I forgot to include the the crystal ball that every payroll team member has. I know, exactly right. You know, it's interesting. You're in, you're based in Victoria, um, yes. and you know, wage theft is well. Wage has come off the front pages, I guess, by COVID, but we're seeing it back again, especially in Victoria. Very much. You know, now Very crime, much. I think, potentially punishable by time in jail, which is yes. uh, pretty serious. I'm interested, um, especially from your viewpoint, from uh, Victorian viewpoint, whether these wage theft laws of you think make will make a difference to how Victorian employers manage the payroll function and you know, and the associated risk. I can only go by what I've seen and yeah. what I've heard. Mm-hmm. I would say absolutely. Yeah, because okay, cool. The, 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 the biggest, it's like any business that you you talk to, the, it's, you don't want to talk about threat, the threat, but they are concerned of the reputational risk that they face mm-hmm. if, they're, 
if the word gets out that potentially your business is underpaying their staff. Mm-hmm. So yes, the underpayment might be worth, I don't know, $200,000 or $300,000, but the, the risk and the bad reputation and the bad name mm-hmm. that will be smeared will be a lot more than that, will be 10 times that. Mm. Well, that's it. And the, the papers love a good news sort of or a you know, story where they can say rotten employer rips off well, poor employees, the, you know. The one we all know is George Cullenbaris. Yeah, like, yeah. That, um, I forget the name of the business. Was it established? Uh, made, yeah. Ma- yeah. His, his group of restaurants. Yeah. So, that, and look what happened there. Mm. I actually feel and I've said this publicly before, I feel very sorry for George Columbaris because yep. he actually did everything right. Yep. Um, the business found an underpayment. Yep. They communicated with the employees. Yep. Uh, the employees were fully supportive. They made the back pay. It was two years later when Fair Work um, got to it that the fines happened and then that's when people just stopped turning up at the, at the restaurants, which was just devastating yep. to yep. actually have done the right thing so yep. um it's but it's a great example it's a great example of mm. you know reputational risk and how yes. you know you don't you just don't want to be on the front page of the yep. paper and the businesses that i guess choose to ignore that they're leaving themselves wide open yeah yep. so it's it's like um if you are it's like get the resources to help your team to do these reviews. That's mm. that's that's my message to all. That if you think, because that's that's the other thing is if you know or are aware of a potential underpayment or an issue, and then you choose to sweep it on the carpet, well, you're going to be in trouble. Mm. It's really interesting. Probably if you'd have asked me two to three years ago, how with the percentage of you know who's engaging us in doing these reviews, I would have said. 95% is the executive. Now it's probably at least 50%. It's been a directive of the of the board. Absolutely. So it's Absolutely. been a real shift there. There's there's no doubt. So that's because they want they want to cover their um they want to cover themselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean they they are under the Corps Act. They are they are liable and um yes. at, at, you know reputational risk as well if you're a board member. I mean employers are you know employers are always under pressure to do more with less um yes. what's your what's your go-to process to deliver payroll efficiency when you you must come into organizations and get a bit of a gut feel for for efficiency where do you go first to find it um this is this is where i put my payroll hat on and um it's it's like trying to explain to everyone that it's not your job that's on the line but tell show me what you do and then also, be open to any suggestions. Mm. It's you, you've got you've got a payroll team who's a lot of them are very very experienced, but a lot of them are quite set in their ways as well. Mm. So it the, the reality is have a just any any time that you can save. I'm not talking about cutting corners, but I'm just talking about any time you can save to stop any manual inputs. Mm. And you can it's 2021. I can tell you every payroll system has got functionality of it, of uploading, mm. be it hours, be it um, new employees, be it change of rates or whatever else. The first thing I would do as just as a reviewer and look reviewing um, the payroll team's processes, have a look of what, what gets inputted manually. Yeah. And if you can find a way of cutting that out and then uploading to the system, 
that's going to save you time. Yeah. Because right. the more time you save in the basic, you have more time to check, you have more time to review, you have more time to audit. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Particularly as you say, if you've got a weekly pay cycle, that's yep. that's punishing. Yep. Uh, if you if you're if you're literally that's the first no- thing. But then also, I would highly encourage, um, again having having these processes, and I would what I would do if I put my consulting hat on is have a look at look at the existing process map. And it's not about. It's got nothing to do with fraud. It's got nothing to do with segregation of duties. Just have a look at the processes and look for gaps of where you can help mm. and where you can save time. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's common sense, right? It's just not that common, or it's not that it's not that common. It's just like you say, it's finding the bandwidth to do that process improvement piece. Yes, because you're so busy doing payroll and making sure the staff get paid. Yeah, because that's that's your that's your that's priority, how, right? That, that's exactly right. <laughs> But you forget about some of the basics. Yeah. yeah but also really be open, be open to process improvements. Yeah. No, great. It's a great advice. Thank you for that. Now, um, before I know that you're a busy guy, so I won't keep you too much longer. Thank but you. I'm really, I'm really interested because I'm still waiting to meet the person that didn't just fall into payroll, that decided that they actively, you know, they left school and they wanted to be in pay, in the payroll industry. Yeah. Um, but what would your tip? I mean, I, I often get people calling me and asking me for advice. But yeah. what are your tips for someone who's new to the payroll industry and, and really wants to cement their career, career in payroll? Ooh. Um, be passionate about what you do. That's 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 the first thing I do mm-hmm. is just care about what you do, but also um, be a sponge. Yeah. Because um, the the um there are you talk about auditing, you talk about finance, you talk about HR. Payroll, it's its own qualification as well, which is courtesy of the work that you're doing with the qualifications. Mm-hmm. It's like do the training because it will help you. Mm. Well, that's a fabulous note to end on, I think. <laughs> hey, Mohammed, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. It's I'm sorry, it's been I'm, – I'm looking forward to getting back to Melbourne um, yes. to catch up. You're not allowed at the moment. <laughs> no, I know. Man, I'm not allowed further anyway, than five kilometres from my house. So, same here, uh, same here. We're all in the same boat. But look, it, it, the, the world will become normal again and I yep. very much look forward to catching up with you when it does. Thank you so much for having me, Tracy. Hi, this is Tracy. I hope you enjoyed that last episode of Talking Payroll. If you've got any comments or questions, please email them to us at podcast at ostpayroll.com.au. And look, if there's anyone that you'd love to hear on this podcast or someone that you think that I just have to interview, and maybe that's even you, uh, please please let us know by emailing podcast at austpayroll.com.au. That's podcast at austpayroll.com.au. I'm really looking forward to having you listen again next time I'm talking payroll.